Hi, everyone. This is Margie Chuang, and welcome to Moms Who Build, a podcast about moms who build things that bring them joy. I learned about what inspires moms to start their own journeys, what keeps them motivated, and what it's really like to build things while being a parent. This episode features Dr. Elizabeth Adams, co-founder and chief clinical officer of Trestle. Elizabeth is a clinical psychologist who specializes in child development, child behavior, and working with children and families in community settings, schools, clinics, and hospitals. She has worked with children and families for over 15 years. Elizabeth provides training and education to students and professionals, has presented at national and international conferences, has published articles and book chapters on child development, and has been interviewed by magazines and radio programs on a variety of parent topics. Elizabeth is a soon-to-be mother of two and lives outside of Washington, D.C. with her husband, daughter, and Labrador. Please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Elizabeth Adams. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Um, I'm really thrilled that you're here. Thank you for taking the time, especially since you're about to hop on yet another flight back to D.C. from San Francisco. And we'll get to the story behind why you've been flying so frequently in the past three months. But I want to start off uh, by asking you about an interview that you had done a few months ago where you mentioned that one of the greatest compliments you've ever received was an advisor telling you that your title should be Defender of Mothers. What things led up to or what did you accomplish during this time for your advisor to describe you as the Defender of Mothers? Um, And why did you feel so excited and proud uh, to be called Defender of Mothers? Yeah, I I love this question. And um, it's such a thoughtful question because it it truly was like the biggest compliment that anyone could give me. Um, I, as you know, I'm a a child psychologist by training. And so I've worked with, primarily my career's focused on working with really young children. And um, my research initially was around parental adjustment um, when parents uh, have children who have a diagnosis or a developmental disability or a developmental difference. And a lot of the research uh, in the academic world talks a lot about the importance of the mom and how she kind of guides and determines the development of their child. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's this immense pressure, uh, I think, on parents in in this incredible adjustment period. And one of the things that struck me, and and I actually all the way back, my dissertation research was on maternal grief and how that impacts because it was all about the 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 dialogue and even even the research was about the actions of the mother. And I was like, why is no one talking about how to support the mother in being able to support her children? Like, why is it just focused on just the actions rather than thinking about how we support parents? And, uh, you know, I think parents parents know they don't have to be told that that what they do as parents has profound impact on their kids. They know that. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can't just sort of let that sit there 
we have to figure out then if that is true how are we not blaming parents not shaming parents how are we supporting parents in being able to to make the decisions that are going to be in the best interest of their kids and you know i mean you can see this in all sorts of systems but even like you know the NICUs. like i think NICU should have mental health and and support more support for the parents whose kids are going there like they're yeah. incredible places to supporting um, um, babies born prematurely and, and infants that have that have challenges right after they're born but the the lack of support for parents in that situation is um, is really problematic so I think it's been at the heart of my work and and my passion and what has driven me in all sorts of different places in my career is thinking about that support for parents I don't know what it is about this time and I know we have a long way to go still but mental health as a as a general matter for everyone involved but um especially when you have your your first child i mean i grew up babysitting and always knowing like i want to be a mom but when i had my my first son i had no idea what i was doing um and it is a lot of pressure Um, and so during this time, I know that you had mentioned that it's part of your passion. Did you work with uh, then parents primarily during, I guess, your your clinical work? I'm not as familiar with yeah. that space. No, it's a great question. Yes. I was always interested in working with really young children. And um, when I when I work with students, graduate students who are training in the field and are interested in going into early childhood specifically, um, I tell them when you go into early childhood, you're not actually working a whole lot with the kids, you're mm-hmm. working with a system. Um, you know, there's there's a famous quote that the, there's no such thing as a baby, there's only a baby and someone, and that <laughs> someone is a parent. Like, mm-hmm. kids don't exist in a vacuum, it's in a network. And so my clinical work, yes, has always been focused on very young children, um, the zero to five range primarily. And so that meant uh, working with parents, really, in that system, yeah. yeah. That's great. You were working with parents directly and helped them through the different challenges of parenthood. And uh, now you're currently building a a startup with your co-founders. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It's um, a really unexpected journey um, that I I am so happy to be on, but it it was uh, not, I couldn't have predicted it. So I had worked primarily in hospitals in my clinical uh, career. And then when I had my daughter, I wanted to get out of the the hospital setting just because the hours were really intense. It was very early mornings and very late nights. Um, And so in looking at some options of where I was going to go next, I was drawn to an inclusion school uh, for children with developmental differences. And in that school, there was two to three kids in each classroom uh, that had a particular developmental challenge, but the rest of the kids were typically developing. And so my daughter got to go to work with me and it was really awesome. And uh, it was a great place, but this, this really interesting thing happened where my role there was primarily to support the kids with developmental differences. Um, but constantly I would have parents of, of, of the typically developing kids coming by my office and saying like, Hey, I know this isn't why you're here, but can you just have a quick conversation with me about potty training or 
can we talk about sleep training? And you know, I know that's not like what you would talk to a clinical psychologist about, but I don't, I don't know who I'm supposed to talk to. Yeah. And at the same time, my friends, my, I, I was very lucky that my dear, dear friends, I, I lived very close to a lot of my friends from college and they were all having their own children and they're busy and, and they're, you know, have their careers. And uh, my friends were like, listen, I'm not going to read five books on sleep training and then try to figure out which one I should do and then figure out a plan. And like, and the advice is contradictory and every book says their approach is the right approach. Overwhelming. Yeah, so overwhelming. And so my friends uh, would text me and say, you know, can, can we have a conversation about which of these paths I should choose and why they all say it should be whatever book they're reading or blog they're reading. Um, And it identified for me a gap in support for parents. Um, I ended up spending my evenings uh, talking to friends and then it was friends of friends and then it was like uh, people I didn't know and giving them this advice where rightfully they were saying like this isn't something I should make an appointment with a child psychologist for but like who am I supposed to go to to talk about these things and the content on Google can I trust it it's not contextualized to my family and so you know this is so helpful and so I started doing virtual parent coaching um uh, just to see if there was an appetite for it. And then I was very, very lucky. This was um, in DC. And I was very, very lucky that uh, a good friend of mine that I went to um, undergrad with at UVA had gone to uh, Stanford Business School and had uh, a friend who had left Google and was interested in starting a parent support company in the parent space and introduced the two of us. Um, and we got to talking. His name's Tom Sayer, and he's uh, the our CEO and co-founder at Trestle. And we started working and said, "Yeah, let's let's build this. Uh, let's figure out how to make this support more available and scale this," which is really exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot to talk about. A lot yeah. of questions about that. I'm I'm going to revisit uh, the uh, meeting your co-founders yeah. and everything. Listening to you talk about how parents would just stop by your office and ask you these questions that didn't necessarily need an appointment. Even if you wanted to get an appointment for your child for whatever reason, that could be sometimes months months. out. Mm -hmm. And then you also have to sometimes get referrals. Um, And so I can certainly relate to um, having those type of questions. And I have two boys, um, ages four and two. My four-year-old, I would describe as being very emotionally in touch. Uh-huh. My two-year-old, I would describe as being um, super swipey, mm-hmm. like swiper from Dora the uh-huh. 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 <laughs> um, And at his age at two right now, and maybe that's also pers- part of his personality, is that he doesn't ask for permission and yep. he doesn't ask for forgiveness. And for the past two to three months, my husband and I have been trying to help support and understand each child's emotional needs Mm -hmm. based on their ages and their personalities. But to be candid with you, there were many tough days uh, where we were refereeing fight after fight and comforting and talking to each of the boys while wondering if our conversations um, we were having with them uh, about being more patient and understanding were the best for them, the best for us as a family. And especially with our two-year-old who 
may not have the attention span or the mental capacity to understand concepts like sharing or patience. And so I actually learned about Trestle last week. I signed up over the weekend and I had, yeah, my first uh, session with one of your Trestle coaches Mm -hmm. on Monday. You and I are recording this episode on Wednesday. Yes. And I had a really productive conversation um, and a really helpful conversation with one of your Trestle coaches, which was about 47 minutes long. Mm And so this is Monday. That evening, um, my husband came home from work and we talked about what I learned from the call, what the coach suggested we do and say based on the needs and priorities and just how we function as Mm -hmm. as a family Mm -hmm. and how the boys are and their personalities. And that night we came up with a plan to try some of the methods that your coach um, had recommended to I us. Love it. Yeah, again, thank you. We were going to do it. We were committed. Um, and so specifically, we use the coach's suggestion to set the boys up for success by naming their emotions. So for instance, I am frustrated, I am sad, um, and responding to that emotion. When I'm frustrated, I want to be alone. When I'm sad, I would like a hug from mommy or daddy. And so for our family, we specifically went to Trestle for guidance on how to set each of our children up for success mm-hmm. and based on their ages and personalities. Mm-hmm. And then just bettering their relationship on a day-to-day basis as siblings, yep. because they will forever be of course, siblings. They'll always be siblings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, what are Amazing. some common things that other people have gone to trussle for? Yeah. Um, and then, what are some uncommon things mm-hmm. that people can go to trussle yeah. for? But um, just like you said, um, when you're a parent, who do you go to, and mm-hmm. and who do you talk to, and and certainly books and blogs and yes. they don't they don't know your family every family is yeah, different exactly yeah exactly well I love I love that um, of course that you had a conversation with one of our coaches and you could see you could see the value because I think there is something so uh powerful about having a conversation with somebody that can bring knowledge about child development that has years of experience working with children and families and through a partnership with a parent through a dialogue mm-hmm. can say you know tell me about your values as a parent tell me about your parenting philosophy um and tell me about the temperaments of your children because that information contextualizes the support and and the the pearls of wisdom that are then um, pulled from child development and, and what we know about learning and what we know about typical development for kids and, and, and social, emotional, cognitive development, but it makes it contextualized for the family. And that can only happen through the course of connection. Um, you, you can't get that from static content. You can't yeah. get that from a book or a blog. Um, and I think, you know, it's interesting because it, it takes it takes a minute for people to wrap their head around trestle and like what what is this? Right. And and why would I why would I want a parent coach? And so that's been kind of an interesting process for us as we've um been building trestle and growing our business. Uh we I, I sort of came at it with my vision of like yeah, like, you know, when you're a therapist, as, as I am, it's very common, you you should have a therapist. And I believe in that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, why wouldn't you have somebody that you would talk to about this very difficult, challenging thing? Like, why yeah. this is such a great idea? Why wouldn't everybody want to do it? Not recognizing my own incredible bias with, with thinking <laughs> that way. Um, and 
what I realized, what we realized pretty quickly was that initially parents come to us usually because they're facing some sort of challenge, Mm -hmm. Uh, but not all parents. And I I can talk about that sort of separately. But initially, I think it's most approachable. Like people are like, oh, I'm going to come here if there's something that I am puzzled about Mm -hmm. or something that's feeling hard Mm -hmm. or something that I'm struggling with. And and that really does create there's there's a a relatively close set of things around that. Um, So to the point that we actually now um, can do a really cool matching process because of that with parents and coaches where parents can say like these are the things I'm interested in and the big ones are are the pain points that if you're a parent you're you're going yep 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 those are them (laughs) it's uh sleep yep uh, it's uh, eating and picky eating. It's uh, behavior. So, and specifically like tantrums and following directions and big feelings and emotional regulation kind of all, all clustered into one. It's sibling relationships. Yeah. Uh, it's thinking about schools. We actually talked to a fair number of parents about like choosing the right preschool for their child. Oh, interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would say that those are the those are the big one potty training too. Like those are the big ones, kind yeah. of the milestone, the milestone kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but then you know what's interesting is we and and parents were sort of like, oh, do I want this like ongoing thing? Because we were initially like only uh, packaging Trestle as a membership. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, it's this ongoing support, and this person's going to be your partner. And parenting, there's always something coming up, and things change. And because I think most people were thinking of it as like a problem solving mechanism. Mm -hmm. they were like I just want to have a single conversation about sleep and like Mm -hmm. that's all I need and I was like well you need a little bit more than that you need a conversation and at least two weeks of text and so we started offering that option um, but almost everybody that chooses that converts to membership (laughs) and ends up staying on because they're like Oh, like once they have that initial phone call, they're like, I see. So now I can kind of pull out my phone and instead of going to Google and then being frustrated, I can say, you know, today was like a really horrible day. The Mm -hmm. boys were fighting. You know, what can I do? And so I think parents then start using Trestle in a more creative way Mm -hmm. and in a more proactive way. Um, So rather than being in response to a challenge, Mm -hmm. it's um, uh, sometimes sort of becomes uh, proactive and and forward thinking, too, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is, is unexpected for parents when they when they first sign up. Trestle is new to me as well. Yeah, but it saved me a lot of time, which I don't already have mm-hmm. with two young mm-hmm. children. Absolutely. Um, it um, Having just, again, someone who wasn't emotionally in, invested, if that makes yes, sense, in, in, our, in our family, just having just kind of like someone who, who from hasn't, has their expert knowledge can listen to us mm-hmm. about what makes our family our family and the needs of our family but then use their their uh, their education mm-hmm. and the things they've learned to help us through things was really important because it is a matter of reading. I mean, if you mm-hmm. if you as a parent are going to commit to these five books, mm-hmm. are you going to do an audiobook? Are you going to read? Yeah, exactly. you know, the, it's, it's ours. T- it's ours. Yeah. And then even then at the end, you're still now like, you're what now am you're, I supposed to do? Yes, now you're even more lost, <laughs> yeah. right? Because everyone is saying something different. That's and right. So, um, so that's that's one thing. It it saved time. Mm-hmm. 
and just having honestly having to talk to someone like you and I are right now looking at each other it, it makes a huge difference yeah. and it makes it more personalized yep. um the other thing is that to be honest with you I was wearing pajama bottoms yes oh yeah <laughs> I, I have had so many phone calls with parents in pajamas it was yeah. welcome yeah. messy bun in your bed pajamas it's yes, fine come it, as you are exactly and it was it was during nap time and so that also is a is a another tick toward the yeah. time save um, yeah. because because I didn't have to wait I just signed up and and was able to talk to someone yeah. almost right away okay so the categories I won't mention them again but kind of like those big milestone categories yes. are the are the common things that parents mm-hmm. go to trussell for yep. what are some other things that trussell offers or what other things can coaches help parents with that yep they may not think about so one of the things that our parents uh, our coaches do is that they send quick tips so mm-hmm. um sometimes for our families on membership so um you know sometimes the parent and the coach are working together actively on a specific issue mm-hmm. um so i think one of the things is it's not you know and sometimes sometimes it really is like okay we're having this particular challenge here's the advice the parent goes and tries it and it's like magic it worked the first time and that's Mm -hmm. great um but a lot of times when it comes to things like this uh the devil's in the detail so to speak so and it's and it's a process you know particularly when you're dealing with um behavior like one of the things that's really interesting is from a from a science perspective what we know about about behavior is that oftentimes when when parents try a different behavioral approach, um, let's take you know the the classic um, the classic example of like you know the, the 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 accidental trap that parents fall into, where um, uh, they ask a child to do something multiple times and they're like, why why does nobody listen unless I yell? Yeah. And what's interesting is like this is a trap a lot of parents find themselves in and it's because we repeat ourselves constantly mm-hmm. and we accidentally shape kids to the cue of when they need to listen becomes the, the rise in volume, becomes the yelling. Yeah. And so it's very accidental, but kids also hear up to uh, uh, two commands a minute is average during high times of transition. What's amazing from from my behavioral perspective is that no parent is following up on two commands a minute. Like there's no chance. <laughs> and so kids are kids are like, do I have to listen to that one? Like, I'm going to let that one go. Like, which one's important? So the way they figure out which ones are important then becomes also the parent yelling and when I talk to parents about this cycle uh, they're like okay what do I do and I'm like well you have to you have to follow through the first time you tell them to put their shoes on like don't say it 15 times because then that shapes them to think I I get 15 times Mm -hmm. right but that's not something that like okay so then next time I just say it once and they're gonna listen right away right Mm -hmm. and it's like no this is a this is a process because they have to relearn Mm -hmm. we don't expect kids to walk uh the first time they take a step right It's, it's a process and so I think one of the things that our coaches can do that's really powerful is help parents implement change Mm -hmm. and troubleshoot what they're doing. And when it doesn't work right away, help them figure out, is that because the, the, 
the strategy isn't a good fit or is it because it takes time and how do we scaffold and shape and support this change in behavior whether it's sleep um or or it's behavior thinking about um uh it being a process that unfolds yeah that's all very interesting i'm just now all these other thoughts are going through my head um could you walk me through then because at the at the beginning of this path that we're on right now you had mentioned the challenges of getting mm-hmm. people to understand yes. what trestle is and and you know what's interesting elizabeth just thinking about the world that we're in right now and just um on demand being being yeah. a thing and yet i'm actually surprised that i just found out about trestle last weekend there's not more yeah on demand coaching for moms like you yeah, said right? or anyone to have this on-demand therapy sessions yeah um and so uh, my question is how do you convince yeah how do you explain what yeah. trestle is and and why why people may need it yeah i i well i love this question because it's actually a very it's a it's a very relevant um business question for us what's sort of amazing is um people that are on the service love it like our you know um uh in in sort of business speak in silicon valley terms like our our churn is incredibly low like we Mm -hmm. like people don't leave our service Mm -hmm. um which is amazing and our customers are so happy and once they have the experience of forming this relationship with their coach and seeing the value and coming to trust this person, um, it's a really valuable resource. And they're like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what we find, and I think, you know, it's funny because <laughs> when we when we sort of discovered this, there was this moment where I was like, why was I surprised? Like, why wasn't I expecting this? Um, but getting people over the hump. Um, getting people to the point where they are willing to, okay, I'm going to book a call and I'm going to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a lot of resistance about that. And it's it's partially because we're not, you know, we're not sending somebody a cool product in the mail and saying like, play this tape for your kids mm-hmm. and they're going to sleep through the night, mm-hmm. right? what we're asking to do is a little bit of work, Mm -hmm. right? We're saying like, okay, schedule this time, talk with this person. Um, First of all, it's vulnerable. There's nothing more vulnerable. Yeah, I was about to say, do you think the resistance is also just parents just um, struggling with asking for help? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think there's still like stigma yeah. around this idea. And that's, I, you know, I think I've become so inoculated because I'm like, of course, like, of course, everybody struggles with this. Like, <laughs> it's kind of interesting because sometimes people think my perspective would be, uh, you know, more judgmental. And people are like, you must have really strong opinions about, you know, whatever child, whatever sleep or potty training. And I'm like, no, yeah. actually, I think this is all really hard. And it's hard for a lot of people. And there's multiple ways to do this. Mm-hmm. And people shouldn't know how to do this automatically. And so I've become almost, you know, blinded by like, of course, we would get help for this. But I, I think the reality is that for a lot of people, the hesitation is, you know, is this some sort of admission that I'm a bad parent? Or, you know, is is this admitting that there's a problem? Or is this, um, 
you know, should I be able to figure this out on my own? Or is it just a phase? Or, you know, and, and it could be, but it's like, we can make this easier. You know, right. it doesn't have to be uh, a, a struggle and a slog and, you know, trying to sort through this. Um, and I think part of that comes from actually a lot of the, the the quote support that's out there for parents in the form of blogs and books is actually very fear mongering. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to start Trestle because I, I it, it really bothers me because I think it's creating a, a landscape that feels really judgmental about the decisions parents make for their kids. Absolutely. It's really hard now, like when because be, because you can go to you can search anything Mm -hmm. and it'll pop up and Mm -hmm. you don't you as a parent just have no idea like it's like if you if you do sleep training this way it's wrong if you do sleep training exactly like co-sleeping versus curb you know sleeping exactly exactly yeah i think sleep is is one of the the prime examples of that where it's like there are examples of of books because people want to sell their book people want to sell their perspective and like Mm -hmm. um the the truth isn't very sexy no one's (laughs) gonna buy your book that says actually by the time kids are seven randomized control trials show that by the time kids are seven there's actually no difference with kids that co-sleep and kids that sleep train so don't worry like that's not gonna sell your book Mm -hmm. you know but it's it's such a miss because i'm like why why isn't there something where you can say okay let the fear mongering go to the side because the research doesn't support it Mm -hmm. and if parents have questions about well I heard there's this cortisol study about sleep training like let's talk about that because there's it's nuanced and like well is 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 co-sleeping gonna mesh my kids no it's not and let's have a dialogue instead around the different choices what the evidence tells us but helping a parent choose what's right for them because it's not going to be the same thing for everybody you mentioned a lot about you know the studies and everything how does the science of child development fit into Trussell yeah. and then the kind of collaborative process between yeah. the, your experts, the coaches and mm-hmm. the families? Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's the same. It's the reason why in our model, one of the things that was very, very important to me was quality of the service and fidelity. Like it wasn't around Okay, how do I, you know, how do I create the biggest margin by finding like the cheapest coaches possible? Right. Um, for me, it was like parents are going to see through that so quickly, and it's actually not going to be helpful. So at the end, like we need to create something that is quality for parents. And what's amazing is that, um, you know, there's 180,000 early childhood professionals in this country uh, who make an average of $35,000 a year. Like they're incredibly underpaid, mm-hmm. they're undervalued, yeah. um, but they're a huge wealth of knowledge. And it was like, and and <laughs> being in a school, as I was saying when I was in the inclusion school, I started talking about this to the teachers that I worked with. And in the school I worked in, all the teachers had to have a master's degree. And they were like, Oh my God, Elizabeth, please, like, please make this because we spend all our parent teacher conferences talking about things at home. And we have parents writing us three page emails, you know, 
four times a week. And we have parents wanting to do a, you know, drop off consultation at preschool where they think we're going to outline a potty training plan for them when I need to like go start circle time with 15 kids. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. And they're like, I would love to do this work, first of all, because mm. they are passionate about this work and they know how to do it. But they're like, but give us a space to do it. And it's not over email. It's not, it's not a silver bullet. I can't text a parent back <laughs> and answer when a parent tells me they're struggling with tantrums you know, every day of the week and it's 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 really getting in the way. I'm not gonna fix that standing in the doorway during morning drop-off. Like let's create a space to bring these professionals the expertise that they have. And so that means keeping uh keeping our 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 coaches really high quality. So all our coaches have a minimum of a master's degree in early childhood education and a minimum of 10 years experience. Um, and of course we do we do ongoing training and um, our coaches come from a variety of backgrounds. They're they're either educators or they're we have speech pathologists on the platform. We have um behavioral uh behavioral therapists, BCBAs, we have child and family therapists, um just incredible people who are really excited to do this work because they they know the need. Yeah, that's I, I think the having that um that clinical and educational background is a great thing because parents seek that. You mm -hmm. know, they're like, why are you qualified to yep. give me the advice or the support? And then in addition to that, and what's most important, like you said, is that the parent having the trust yeah. in your coach yeah. and the fact that they love doing it and they, you know, sought you out and was like, Elizabeth, how do we make this happen? Yeah. When I started talking to <laughs> um, the Trussell coach, I, I just went in it went into uh -huh. it and started talking to her and then um about five minutes later i was like i'm sorry my name is margie <laughs> oh, love you and she's like yeah yeah no, there's no right or wrong yeah, way to yeah, do exactly. this and so uh, what feedback have have your coaches given you about their experience working on the trussell platform versus uh, what they do in in the clinical or school yeah. space which yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, so, yeah, like I said, like parents are, are, are coaches. Like some people will ask, you know, from the business side of things, like, are you going to run into a coach bottleneck? Um, and the thing is, I'm not. Like, it's it's kind of unbelievable. I put two posts up and I got, I, I have, you know, over, I'm not even exaggerating, over 250 applications, like sitting wow. in my inbox of people, you know, saying, yes, like as our demand increases, we're going to onboard it these these early childhood professionals are <laughs> the the last people I have to sell on the mission because they <laughs> they know um particularly the educators um because i think again it, it comes to they're like it's different than what we're doing in the classroom mm -hmm. and i've had some parents say to me like don't parents already get this like from their preschool teacher and, and it's fascinating because the preschool educators are the ones saying like no like this is different we cannot take the space that we need to sit down and have these deep dives with you right. um, and really kind of unpack this and so the 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 coaches are thrilled to be doing this work and really feel like one it's a need it's a need for for their parents but two it's it's an application of their skill set 
that I think they find really fun and really valuable. Um, and it's, 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 uh, been exciting for them. There's, you know, uh, not a lot of our, some of them are, are really great on tech. Um, some of them are like, okay, this is a little <laughs> bit new for me. Um, but you know, bringing them up to speed, they're like, this is great. And, and, uh, it's really being able to have a larger impact and to apply what they already know in a slightly different way. That's, that's yeah. fantastic. And I think that things like, you know, getting caught up on tech, I, I, I mean, I feel like we're, we're constantly yeah, behind. Right? Exactly. There's always something new that comes out. But I don't think that that's that skill that they, they need right, right, right. From, the, from the start. That's definitely something that they can just train on the side for. And, you know, it is in its very pure sense, when someone needs help, you just want to be able to talk to, talk yes. to someone, you know, and I think that's what Trestle offers. Now I'm going to go all the way back to okay. to the beginning. Yeah. Was there an aha moment where you're you've because you mentioned a couple different stories yeah. of like people wanting this type of platform? Yeah. But for you personally, was there a moment where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm build gonna this platform? This. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I I I, hmm, I don't know if I can identify like one specific moment. It was sort of. I mean, I guess the moment of, you know, when I talked to Tom and maybe, I don't know, maybe there was a part of me that was like afraid to think about like what this meant, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but when he first approached me, it was like, yeah, and maybe he knew what he was doing because he really eased me into it. It was sort of like, <laughs> you know, what do you think about this? And we would just have these, you know, these we would get on Google Hangouts and we would talk about parenting books and, you know, I would share my philosophy and we, you know, he would send me a quick thought like, you know, what do you think about this parenting book? I just read this book and it would get me all fired up and I would write him like this, you know, three page email back. And... um <laughs> He was like, wow, you're, you know, this is so interesting. And it, I just really enjoyed kind of talking to him about it. And he's like, would you happen, like no pressure, but would you happen to want to like do a beta of this with me and like just see? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'm already doing this, but like, yeah, okay. And I actually didn't even envision my involvement like at the, this point. It was sort yeah. of like, oh yeah, this person in, in California in Silicon Valley like wants to build this thing that I know about, sure. And then we started doing it. And the parents were so happy on the platform and saying, you know, and, and he was like, this is incredible, like to see. And he's like, there's, you know, there's really something. <laughs> and for me, I think it, because it's like, had been my life's work, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is something. He's <laughs> like, but we should, we should like make this accessible to everyone. Yeah, we should share it with the world. We should share it. Yeah. yeah. And I was sort of like, okay. And we started out really slow, it was sort of like, Oh, and I kept my job. I was like doing it in the evenings, mm -hmm. just like for fun. Mm -hmm. And then he he brought on our CTO, who's who's incredible, who's an incredible engineer that also has a background in um, in child development and tech. <laughs> wow, um, that's yeah, amazing. He's amazing. He uh, his name's Catalin Voss, and he he first moved to to the Valley when he was sixteen from Germany, oh, wow. um, and was building building apps. And then um, uh, through a project at Stanford, built um, something called Autism Glass that was uh, an adaptive. Thing therapeutic program for children with autism that used uh, computer vision to help kids learn to identify emotion on people's faces like amazing he's like incredible person wow i know how how amazing I, I, just how i guess yeah. <laughs> amazing he's an amazing person and actually that product that that stanford he had nih funding and um was published in pediatrics uh, and he's good uh, for him yeah and he's he's an incredible person but very passionate about the child development field and so 
Tom brought him on and it was very slow like hey you know like mm-hmm. do you want to come out to California and meet Catalina and I'm like yeah sure I'll go to California and I came and we had this conversation and then um I don't know if I should be admitting this, uh, but I will. Uh, Tom said, we're going to apply to an accelerator. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And he told me, and he's like, yeah, we're going to apply to this one called Y Combinator. And I couldn't remember the name of it for like the longest time. (laughs) And of course, like people that I knew here are like, it's a thing, Elizabeth. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm a a mental health professional in DC. Like, I don't know. And so, so we applied and... You know, Tom and Catalina were like, you yeah, know, we'll see. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's it's a long shot. And then it was like, oh, we got an interview. And then it was like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. And that was sort of this moment where it was like, this is going to be really intense. And like, things are about to change dramatically. And I had to talk to my husband about watching my, <laughs> our five and a half year old wife fly <laughs> back and forth across the country for three months. Um, and, yeah, so I think it was a slow, but like this, this, this aha moment of like, oh, this could be something bigger. Like we could really provide this support to parents. And I think in my core, in the, in the deepest part of me, I knew that it was needed. And I knew yeah. that we needed to find a way to make support accessible and affordable. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea how to go about this. And so mm-hmm. I feel extraordinarily lucky to have been placed in a position where, where we can try to do that. For our listeners who aren't as familiar, and please correct yeah. me in any space, but in a nutshell, Y Combinator is a seed accelerator here in Silicon Valley who invests in startups and helps startups work on their ideas. Uh, and they have bat- batches. Yep. So you're in the winter 2020 batch. Yep. And it's they don't just Y Combinator doesn't just help a startup work on their ideas just for the three months. It's like a lifelong mm-hmm. for the company help and yeah. every, and everything. Let's go back to yes, the, these conversations you're having with your husband. If you can fill in maybe the timeline, Elizabeth, <laughs> okay, Elizabeth yeah, a little bit more. Sure. Okay, so let's start with the, I'm going to go build Trestle. What do uh-huh, you think about this? Uh-huh. And then also we ended up getting into YC. <laughs> and now I'm gonna fly yeah. back and forth for three months. Yes. I think my first, my first conversation with Tom was January of, of, of 2019 okay and then it was just chatting so pretty quick oh, fast. Then. Yeah, yeah 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 okay so then then in march uh uh tom said um you know let's try to build this beta and do this and it was it was pretty slow and i was just kind of like i said like doing it after work and my husband was like oh, i'm like always trying i'm always you know like i started my own parenting company <laughs> he just thought it was like something like that yeah. we launched our first website and and kind of went live and and uh Catalina had built before he came on formally at cto he had built a very basic like chat app for us and we launched that in um in august and kind of put it out in the world and then um, we kind of spent some time thinking about like how could we grow this and what would this look like? And then we applied to IC the fall, like yeah, like a month later in September. And uh, <laughs> I remember Tom flying out. He's like, we have to make a video. And so he flew out to DC for a day and we made we made our little one minute video for our YC application. And then um, we found out that we had the interview in early October 
our October was uh, on our, our, our uh, interview was on Halloween. And then we found out we got in the day, the day of the interview. Yeah. They let you know. Um, Congratulations, by the way. That's you. a huge deal. Yeah, really fun. And, and I think it was sort of, I don't know, like, Catalina is German and, and Tom is, is British. And so he always jokes that like, <laughs> he doesn't have big emotional reactions. So like he's sort of a realist. So he was like, you know, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is going to happen. Like that kind of a thing. And then it was like, we got in and it was like, oh, this is really going to happen. And so um, uh, probably unfairly to my husband at that point, I went <laughs> home and I was like, yeah. And so, you know, we sat down and kind of had this long talk Um I'm very, very lucky. He owns his own business. He uh, he is a contractor and uh, renovates homes and has done that for years and loves owning his own business. And um, uh, it, I think he really enjoys the fact that I'm sort of seeing the other side of that because for so long I'm like, it would be nice if you just had like, you know, a job where we could like know what was going on. And I think he sort of likes the fact that I could see this other side of it. And he also said to me, like, I, I, he's like, of course you should do this. Like, this is an incredible opportunity. And as, as somebody I think that is an entrepreneur as he is, he, he said, I would never tell you like that you couldn't do this. Um, And so, you know, he was like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. You gotta get, you have to, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we kind of rallied the troops and, got a calendar together and figured out my flights back and forth and called in, you know, the backup from my mom and in our extended network and my dad and uh, who were going to help fill in the gaps while I was doing this travel. You travel from D.C. to yeah. Silicon Valley yeah. every Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. usually Sunday, either late Sunday or early, early Monday morning. Yeah. yeah. And then you fly back to D.C. from yes. Silicon Valley. Um Today, Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um, What are your emotions? Like, how do how are you feeling during these uh, these three months? Um, I'm sure your like you video chat with her every day. Yeah, video chatting with my daughter. How's she feeling about it? You know. Yeah. Mm. You know, I was really worried because my daughter, speaking of child temperament, I'm an extrovert by nature. Um, I'm 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 less risk averse than she is. I like to like, what's the next adventure? And what are where where you know where like where's life gonna take me? My daughter is very different than me mm-hmm. um, uh, in, in beautiful, wonderful ways. She mm-hmm. is cautious and she likes to stay close to home and uh, uh, is more of an introvert. And I was really worried about what this was going to be like. Uh, you know, I had she had been going, you know, I would work where she went to school since she was a baby and she mm-hmm. was still there and I would drive her to school every day. And all of a sudden it was like I felt like I was pulling the rug out from under her which for her, given her temperament, I was worried about. And so uh, uh, I, I did my best to try to remove the emotional side of it and think, okay, you know, how can I support her proactively? And um, I joke, but it's it's actually really true. One of the coaches on our platform, I tell people because it's it's real, is my parent coach. And, <laughs> and she's a, a dear friend and a phenomenal, phenomenal early educator. Um, because sometimes when it's your own kids, you can't see. You can't see it. Absolutely. You're in the thick you're of it. You're emotional. Yeah, you're emotional. Yeah. Like me too. Yeah. And so I had this, uh, a conversation with her and she was like, 
you know, it, it it's going to be uncomfortable for her, but I think this could be an opportunity for growth for her. And here are some things we need to do to prepare her, like things that, sure, like I would tell another parent, but it was so helpful. Mm-hmm. And she helped me build this like beautiful visual calendar of who was picking her up and who was dropping her off. And we talked to her about it and thought about the timing of that. And the first day, you know, the first day I got a text message that from some uh, somebody I work with saying, you know, she's a little teary, but we helped her get up to class. And of course, I had my mommy moment of like, oh my God, what am I doing? Um, but the other day, somebody said to me, one of her teacher actually said to me, like, I had no idea you were still traveling. Like, I wouldn't have known. Wow. Like, she's been incredible. And yeah. I, I'm very, very lucky that my parents are close by. And so she's, it's been actually like stand in bonus time with, yeah. with my mother and my father, um, which, you know, what's better than that? So she's, yeah. she's been okay. They're yeah. resilient, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. More resilient than than we think they yeah. will be. I think that's just part of parenthood. Where mm-hmm. I'm sure, even when they're like 40, we're gonna yeah, exactly <laughs> worry. About them. Yeah, of course. I would also note that Elizabeth, you're expecting your yeah, second. Um, yeah. How is it going? Well, one traveling. I know what it's like to be a mom mm-hmm. with an active toddler while pregnant and sick in my first trimester. Uh-huh to feel better in my second trimester and to just want the baby out in the third, right? (laughs) How do you go about being pregnant, being a mom to a five and a half year old and needing to be on your A game for days where you have meeting after meeting and you literally are building a service that includes people's feelings? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a a lot of things. Well, one, I was really lucky that the timing of YC, coincided exactly with my second trimester. So like we're, we're almost done and I'll be moving into my third trimester. So in terms of like how I, th- I mean, it's not the most comfortable, obviously time <laughs> of my life. Um, but I think, I think keeping the vision in mind, um, it helped. Like it's so, you know, for me, it wasn't doing a startup for startup's sake. Mm-hmm. It's like, doing a startup to bring to life something that I've dedicated my life to. Like I, I couldn't believe in it more strongly. And and so, it, you know, when we talk about like our mission and our vision to people, like I'm like, well, that's really easy for me to do. Um, and so I think because I believe in it so much, that really helps. I think, you know, the other thing is like, I'm not superhuman and it's cutting myself some slack. Um, you know, my house is is not in any shape for for company beyond my very tightest circle of friends who are not going to judge me. Uh, you know, there have been things that have fallen through the cracks and things that have fallen to the wayside and you know, I have been tired and um, there have been days where I got on the plane and I cried and <laughs> and I was just like, this is nuts. But it, those have been fewer mm-hmm. than the days of being really excited and invigorated and driven by hearing families on our service saying that they love it and that we're helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's, you know, recognizing that, you know, it's okay to not be doing this perfectly. Yes, there have been um, shifts and in my in my attention and in my ability and 
uh, it's it's just giving myself permission for that to be okay mm-hmm. and like knowing that I'm doing I'm doing the best I can and yeah sometimes I cry about it and that's all right yeah no it's, it's okay to not be okay <laughs> that's right, that's what right. I tell a lot of my friends so in regards to your schedule and mm-hmm. and and working uh, because uh, startup life is, is a little bit different um yeah. well no I shouldn't say that I feel like if, if you work hard you work hard right yeah. and so for you working hard what what hours do you work because we all know that our each of our kids have different witching hours. Mm-hmm. Like for mm-hmm. mine, it's like the five o'clock, mm-hmm. five thirty. The snacks become dinner, dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, what um, what do you devote certain um, hours yeah. to, to working? And then, do you do any like full stops? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to- yeah. So for me, um, my full stops are usually when my daughter comes home from school um, and why he's different like I think right now is gonna be right now is a really different time because I'm not there but the mm-hmm. the, the weekday days that I am there what I have done is is right put you put boundaries and mm-hmm. barriers around time mm-hmm. like it's not boundary and barriers around effort mm-hmm. but it's boundary uh, uh, around time and um, so when my daughter comes home from school, um, you know, in, in in the evening, and she she's in an extended extended program. So when she comes uh, home from school, it's a hard stop until she goes to bed, and and I protect that time as as most working parents do because. You know, that's like one of the hardest things about being a working parent is that you see your kids during these like high times of transition where you're like, it's the least fun times of the day, right? And you're like, <laughs> I have to get them ready in the morning and then I have to get them ready for bed and it's, you know, that's moving so through the routines. Yes. So when when my daughter comes home, it's a hard stop. So from, from the time she gets home until the time she goes to bed, um, it's it's making sure that I'm not working during those hours and uh, that time cannot be filled with just routines. It cannot be the time that I'm just cooking and bath and going to, you know, and, and, and finding joy in the routines too. Like let's put on, you know, let's put on frozen and try to make it fun and like try to be silly while you're taking your bath and brushing your teeth, you know, protect, but protecting some space around that. Um, and yeah, right now it means that I'm, I, I, work a lot when she goes back to when she falls asleep um you know when I can um uh and yeah I think it's protecting certain hours but I'm I'm excited about the flexibility um because it'll actually be in some ways more flexible than than the the jobs that uh, that I've usually had in the past being in hospitals and clinical settings and things like that so it's kind of it's kind of fun i never imagined that i would be in a position to work uh a really flexible job yeah yeah um what is it like when you're here um physically here in silicon valley and working with your co-founders do you all Mm -hmm. cram in a room together for hours and (laughs) how does that work yeah um yeah so right now it's really funny um so uh my two co-founders live very close to one another which is nice um and uh, one, uh, Tom, Tom's wife is also expecting, he's expecting his first baby. Um, Congratulations so she, him. Yeah. yeah. So she, his wife is due um, in about two weeks. Um, and they, we were initially working out of their house, but then he is renovating his home. <laughs> so we've been working out of our other co-founders home and yeah, we hang out in different rooms in the house and outside and work together all day long. And, um, 
but it, we, so we've all been very patient with each other, but I think we're all really uh, unified around the vision and mm-hmm. the mission. And there are also incredibly kind people um, who are, who are uh, lovely and patient and incredibly supportive of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that co-founder relationship has to be, uh, I would imagine going through this, like that's an intense thing that it, yeah. it must be a, a really vital part of, of being able to do this in a healthy way. Well, and, and it sounds like both of them um, had just such good hearts before yeah. y- y- you even met mm-hmm. um, and, you know, had this, just wanted to build something and give and give back to the world mm-hmm. in a very meaningful and good way. Can you walk through the process of how anyone can sign up for Trussell and go through the steps from when they sign up mm-hmm. to when they're able to talk to their coach? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we've we've made it super easy. Um, parents can uh, go to our website, which is uh, trestle.com, um, and they can uh, look through our content, kind of get get a sense of our philosophy, but you can schedule with a coach straight from, straight from our website. Um, so parents sort of identify on our website particular issues that they're interested in uh, tackling or, or talking about, and there's also a, a place for general parenting if it is more proactive. And then... Um, uh, the system will generate matches for people and it usually suggests, you know, two or three people and you can read the bio. Um, because it is a relationship, it's interesting, like different parents have different perspectives on this. And some parents have said like, I, you know, I don't know these people. Like I, it doesn't like, I'm going to know when I meet them, whether I like them. Um, but we've had other parents say like, it's very important for them to read a little bit about them and look at their picture and kind of get a sense of like, do I want to, you know, jump on the phone and kind of like personalize it before they like open themselves up in this way? Yeah. Um, because I do think it's scary. And then you can kind of see the coach's availability right there. And it's super easy. You can pick anytime you want to sort of get things kicked off and talk to them and uh, uh, get started right there. And then you you download the app and all the communication with your coach is done through the app. So it's all in one place. And um, you can continue that ongoing support through the app and then schedule a call uh, with, a, with a unique scheduling link that you have anytime you want with a coach. Um, so it's, it's really convenient and helpful for parents to know that they can jump on a call or they can reach out and text in a way that's sort of seamless and um, uh, very easy to navigate. Thank you very much uh, for going through that. Um, And then I like to wrap up with talking about two different things. So you can pick and choose which one you want to start off with. What has been your biggest challenge or obstacle personally or professionally? And the other one is when was the first time you felt the feeling of success also personally or professionally? Yeah. Oh, good questions. I think I'll start with the second one because uh, I, I know the answer to that one right now. Uh, the <laughs> first, in terms of feeling success, um, I think what's incredible about being in a helping profession is that you, it's it, it you do get that feedback like really quickly. Mm-hmm. In in terms of you know you're kind of in it from a place of you know I want to help people uh, figure out how to live their most fulfilling lives. And so for me, um, 
that feeling of success is very small, but it's in the personal relationship that I have. Um, and so in my training, it was probably the, the first, um, which is, uh, I could probably have a, a different, a whole different podcast show about like becoming a therapist and what that's like, but like entering into this, you know, very sacred sort of relationship with somebody in, in a therapeutic context and um, supporting a parent through a really difficult time and being able to have that parent say to me, um, you know, I was able to find joy in this experience that was where there was just grief, you know, and I was able to um, uh, come to, to you know, forgive myself of blame that I put on myself um, and to be able to shift my perspective about my child's being, uh, uh, having some different challenges than what I imagine. This is, I'm particularly thinking about when I was working with parents of children with developmental um, differences mm-hmm. and, you know, helping them shift their relationship with their child. Like it was you know and it wasn't I didn't really do that wasn't me I I didn't do that the parent did that Mm -hmm. but being a partner in the process of them getting there was that was success right like it was like so meaningful to me and um yeah so I think it happened really early Mm -hmm. um but that, that maybe that's because that's that's my personal definition of success is like being able to have that impact um, and then the second question was the biggest challenge. Yeah. And thank you for sharing about your success. I agree. Every person has their own definition of success. And yeah. I think that's a beautiful one that oh, you have. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think the biggest challenge that I would say, and there's been, there's been many. And, and I think it's, it's interesting because there's been some unique challenges to like this, this stage of things. Um, but broadly speaking, I think it's, it's recognizing the limits of my reach. And I see, I can see this more clearly now. I, I, I spend time training other graduate students who want to be child psychologists. And I, I can see it in them when they're struggling with like I'm not fixing this for a parent or I'm not fixing the problem. And I'm like, that's not like, that's not really our job. Like your job is to kind of partner with somebody and help them on their path and on their journey. Yes. You're, 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 you're doing work and it's, it requires a lot of skill. Um, to be able to support somebody in this way, but it's recognizing the limits of what you can do. And, you know, in this, this comes, I, I sometimes talk to our trust load coaches about that where they're like, I don't know what happened. Like I created this like amazing pacifier weaning plan. And like, it's been really hard. I don't know. Like, did I do something wrong? Like, it's amazing how like they own that. Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, I don't know. Like the parent just hasn't done it. I don't know if my plan's bad. I'm like, just, they're just, they could just like not be ready yet. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Like, and then we're there for when they're ready or like talk to them about, you know, give them space to be like, you know what? I'm just really too tired to to wean off the pads. I'm not ready. And like, give them permission to be like, that's okay. Like, I think figuring out how you fit in that system. Um, I think in terms of this journey, being in Silicon Valley and, and, and it was just very intimidating for me. And, you know, there's not, there's not many women in YC. Um, 
uh, a small but mighty group of us, and that's it's been really fun to get to know the other female founders. Um, but I'm a subject matter expert that's a psychologist who's a woman who's pregnant, who's a mother, who's, you know, probably 10 years over the average age of the, <laughs> the other the cohort of uh, people in YC. And it was easy to kind of have this initial feeling of like, I shouldn't be here. Like, I don't belong here. And, you know, looking at these people, these engineer, these incredible engineering backgrounds, these incredible business backgrounds, and think like, I don't know, Elizabeth, like you might have said, like you might have stepped it a little too far. And then it was really like getting out of my own way and like trusting the fact of like, well, wait a second, like there are businesses and and companies that are developing products and services for mothers and women that don't have women sitting at the table. Absolutely. And like, no, this is exactly where I need to be. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be a man who's 10 years younger than me that doesn't have kids. Yeah. Like that's not who needs to do this. Like I need to do this. And I I know, I, I know this field and I know this population and I know how to give high quality support. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that I'm here. So I think getting out of my head in mm -hmm. that way, even this far in my career, even being, you know, by Silicon Valley standards, what feels like incredibly old, being <laughs> be still having like that doubt, you know, yeah. and saying like, oh my God, and like doubting myself, but being able to take ownership of that and take space and say like, you know what, I should. Did you have self-talk? You and I talked quite a bit before yeah. this episode. I've read so much. I mean, I think you're an amazing person. I completely agree that y you know your space, you know the people, you know your clients, mm -hmm. you belong here. You can't really build trust honestly without right. you and your expertise and the people that you bring on and the people that you vet. So yeah, are you still working are, are through you that? Still, yeah, and how are you working through that? Like, I think like well, the actual the actionable steps. I mm -hmm. guess. I mean, one, I think it's starting a company with people that value you, right? Like mm -hmm. I, and I think one of the most valuable things about my co-founders is that they do value me, mm -hmm. and and are very like when we walked in you know I, I sort of joked like there were so many times at YC we would be sitting at these talks and I'm just like I don't know what a KPI is like I don't know like, I don't this is like a different language you know right. and he would just very subtly like lean over and like whisper what the acronym means and like explain mm -hmm. it to me like and he said it's okay like you're mm -hmm. not meant to know all these pieces mm -hmm. um, because I think there were moments where I was like I, you know am I the right person to be doing that and like expressed you know express yeah. that doubt because uh, I'm you know if, if for one thing I'm good at it's like being very comfortable and telling people how I feel yeah. and you know it was like having a conversation about that and having my co-founder say like we didn't expect you to be able to know how to code or like understand these pieces or you know understand this business aspect like take it as a really cool learning process and like it's fine like you we need you to know what you know mm -hmm. and so i think it, it there it, there's a little bit of like what system you're in if mm -hmm. you feel valued mm -hmm. um and then listening to that and believing it mm -hmm. and believing uh in letting those moments there there's lots of moments where things will come up on the business side or things will come up on the tech side and i'm like no 
like that's not what a parent would want or like that's actually not helpful mm-hmm. and you know thinking recognizing that there is that space and like trusting myself in those moments to speak up and yeah. give give my knowledge because otherwise this will get away from me and like recognizing that that's really important um but yeah i mean yeah there are absolutely moments where i'm like Oh, anybody's talking about this room. What am I doing here? But ha- you know, being able to like get over myself and be like, I don't have to know everything. Exactly. Like I just yeah, need to know you what I know. To, yeah, you don't. You don't. No one's going to quiz you on coding yeah. some part of. <laughs> Thank <laughs> goodness it would be bad. Um, yeah. Um, well, I think that you're. Uh, I think it's really great. It has to start somewhere, and if you are one of the first moms a mom who's pregnant um you know yeah being being the first person i think that's fantastic do you feel fantastic about that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it's exciting i think yeah. it's important right i think because i think I, th- I could see how it would be easy maybe for other women in my position to feel like this ship has sailed mm-hmm. or the opportunity's passed or no, there could be more I shouldn't, you know what I mean? Or I don't know this or that. And so I shouldn't. And like how that ends up being so problematic for women, like how we there's there's so much um, societal conditioning that makes us you know, women are underconfident in their abilities um, psychologically, like it's shown. And and men tend to overestimate their abilities. And, and I, I think it's important that we don't let that hold us back. Um, it's been really cool meeting the other female founders. I, 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 I will not formally out them, but there are two other pregnant women in NYC, um, which is incredible because the I haven't there doesn't seem to be indication that there have been others before us. Yeah. Um, the other two are expecting their first, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but thank you, by the way, for being candid because I think it is important to talk about. I'm really inspired by you and proud of you, and I think that that's just amazing. And on that note, do you have any inspirational? motivational thoughts that you can give to other moms who are building something or thinking about building something themselves. Yeah, you know, I think I think take the step, like even if it's a tiny step. Do you know, don't be scared to to start it because um women are powerful force as consumers and uh, industry knows that and uh, we should not be letting other people make those decisions for us so if you have an idea and you're a woman and you are mom and and those should be the people that are, are leading leading the industry because we're we're the people that it's for yeah yeah well said where can we learn more about the trussle? Yeah, if anybody is interested in learning more, checking out our coaches or signing up for our service, um, you can go to our website, which is www.trussle and it's uh, trust, T-R-U-S-T and then L-E, trussle.com. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on Moms Who Build, uh, for sharing your personal journey of being a mom, a soon-to-be mom of two, who's building your startup, Trussell, with your co-founders, and showing me and other moms that we are capable. 
Thank we you. are more than capable we are of building great things while being a parent absolutely thank you so much for having me yeah, this, this is so fun i know it's been it's been so fun and uh and i'll try to convince you off of the show which i don't think will take much convincing <laughs> <laughs> to be on another episode but thank you so much it's been a great time thanks Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. To learn more about Trussell, visit www.trussell.com. That's T-R-U-S-T-L-E.com. You can find today's episode, how to connect with Dr. Elizabeth Adams, and more interviews with inspirational moms building inspirational things on momswhobuild.com. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe to Moms Who Build on your favorite podcast player and share the show with a friend. Until next time, keep building what brings you joy.